0: I'm just the rain, where no shelter, shelter, from the pain, All oh, I need no someone to tell me how Welcome to the Barack Obama Approved World's Greatest Podcast, Hyphenation. Nation. I'm your host, Kellen Conley, a.k.a. B-Hyphen.
1: That's right, we back, baby.
0: Woo. A.k.a. Tony Stank, a.k.a. formerly known as Hip Hop's Last Hope, a.k.a. Thumbs. Aaliyah doesn't like that one. A.k.a. Drunken Observer, a.k.a. Bob Gibson, rest in peace to Bob Gibson, man All-time great in the Major League Baseball You know, that that thing Yeah, that thing So, welcome We're doing, we're, we're a couple days we're, we're doing an early morning episode Because the schedule allowed it So here I am, I got my polo on, ready for work But I'm actually here working for y'all Because that's how this works Y'all know this man did i just do a chris tucker oh my god i should start this whole episode over oh man how's everybody doing man I- i'm doing i'm doing okay i'm just gonna say i'm okay um i want to get into that here in a little bit but first as expected morgantown weather report ladies and gentlemen it's 62 degrees here in Morgantown uh, on October, in October, excuse me, and it's a beautiful day, uh, it's looking like we're going to have mostly sunny skies, and then as we get later into the evening, the temperature will drop back down, looking at tomorrow, um, looks like we also have another 66 day, 66 degree day coming tomorrow, uh, and that's looking clear, so might have some rain showers over the weekend, but I know that's the content you're really here for, so If you're only here for the Morgantown Weather Report, there you go. Otherwise, it is my duty as I sip this coffee that's brought to you by uh, my my Keurig. um, Sip the rest of my coffee that is, um, this episode's brought to you by my coffee. That's what I'm trying to say. Uh, Anyway. (laughs) Gotta get them quality sips in. Anyway. (laughs) Hyphenation is brought to you by hyphen podcast group a morgantown west virginia-based podcast collective bringing great podcasts to the people hyphen podcast com, and also by mark robert and by my semi-regular co-host Marcus Show showing mad love robinson he writes pontifications of paragraphs or paragraphs of pontification of of, of poisonous prose that uh will hit you right where it matters. He has posted a little something the other day for the first time in a little while, just about uh what he's been doing here lately and uh he hadn't really gotten into the the shits as as they say, but you know your boy is uh working hard. So you can check out all his material at the Again, that's the M A R. Oh my god. <laughs> the M A R. No. I can't do it. T H E M E R C R O B dot WordPress dot com, the Mark Rob dot so you can read all his information. All right, man. So I went home this weekend. I did so because it's my dad's seventieth birthday. It was his birthday on October first, and the man's been around for seventy years. So I figured what better way to celebrate than just by visiting. So we went down there, and a, a good time was held by all excuse me had by all i went down on thursday night uh because the girls still had angel side to work and aaliyah had gymnastics routines to learn on friday so we went down um i went down thursday watched a lot of baseball a lot of baseball so um you you may get a world series take from me here down the line here first thing oakland oakland athletics the team that I used to love because y'all had Ricky Henderson and y'all had Mark McGuire and Jose Canseco and Dennis Eckersley and Dave Stewart. Um, what the hell are y'all doing? Y'all are just going to let the Astros beat y'all in three. Game three is today. By the time y'all are hearing this, game three's going to take place later this afternoon. And the Astros may be in the um, ALCS. Oakland, stop. Dicking around with the Astros. Get your act together, please. Nobody wants the Astros to be in the World Series. No one wants the Astros to win the World Series. They're dirty rotten cheaters, just like the Patriots. Come on, good Lord. With that said, um, the girls came down on Friday, and uh took a layout on Dad's four wheeler on Saturday. Just rode around and getting it. I posted a photo on my Instagram of us riding around and getting it spent a little about a half an hour on there a lot of fun and the funny thing is uh the four-wheeler I I had prior I have no experience on a four-wheeler and what had happened was there was no four-wheelers in my household when I was growing up and then shortly after I moved out my um mom stepmother decided she was going to get a four-wheeler and for years and years every time I come visit I never got on the thing always heard about it it was always too cold or whatever just not never got on a four-wheeler and for years and years and years i kept my mom would always say your dad's too scared to get on it your dad's too scared to get on it i'm like well, why and like and dad would just say it's not my thing and then some something changed uh it's probably been maybe in the last let's say 10 years 10 to 15 years he decided he was going to start riding and i guess i don't know I don't know if he got his own four wheeler. I don't know if there was two. But when mom passed, um, but there's one now. It's red. Has a Raiders decal in the front. Uh, shout out to my Raiders. Ah, uh, that that two and zero start was uh was nothing, huh? Anyway, <laughs> anyway, and dad's been riding a four wheeler. And then after um, mom passed, and me and Angel and Aaliyah would make our regular visits down there. Uh, dad would break out the four wheel every now and then and and he'd take a leah for a ride and an angel take a leah for a ride and i took a leah for a ride and i would never been on four wheel in life he was just like get on here uh this is how you go these are your brakes have fun and that's it you know and, and like when i was coming up four wheeling was never um anything that was um i don't want to say significant um it it was it was it was something that um the kids in my school would do. They they'd ride four wheelers, someone would race four wheelers. Uh, I believe there was three wheelers that they would they would race. Had a, a friend in um in elementary school named Craig Robinson and he used to race uh four wheelers or three three wheelers and stuff like that. I remember um he would bring his helmet to the school sometimes. I don't know why he'd bring his helmet to the school, but sometimes he would. But he, he would race and there, they would take pictures and stuff. We could see pictures when he brought them in and stuff like that, which I thought was really cool. But I just never had a desire to hop on hop on a four wheeler. But anyway, dad has one, Leah loves it. We make her wear a helmet. Uh Janice, if you're watching this, yes, I know uh supposedly children under what is it, sixteen should not be on a four wheeler, but uh it is it is what it is. Um <laughs> it is what it is. So with with that being said, uh we had a real nice weekend uh Dad and I went um oh when I came into town i um had uh we had got Mexican here in Morgantown earlier in the week. We went to um the one out by the sixty eight walmart don't know the name, but they didn't have what I wanted see see the homie matthew my best friend, my brother he um put me onto this uh thing that this this restaurant back home that had opened up makes and it all it is is chicken strips, this creamy sauce. And mushrooms, and he's like, "Yo, every time I get this, I I get this, and I give you little tortillas, and it's it's amazing." So he put me onto it, and I remember the only time I remember having it with him there was the night after my stepmother's funeral, and we all went in there, and Amelia was only she was barely one at that point, and <laughs> she put rice all over the floor, but they were cool with it, and we had these delicious um. Oh, that's not true. I just thought about it. We had this, this delicious meal and there was another time we we came in for my, his sisters. Who's like my sister. It was her daughter Delaney's birthday. And we had a birthday party at crystal and TJ's house, her husband. And then we all went up to Romney to the other location where this restaurant is and had this delicious meal together. And it was wonderful. So I can't find this damn thing. in in Morgantown can't find this meal. And I'm going to look it up because Lord knows I will slaughter the name. I'm going to slaughter the name regardless. But let me let me just take a look. So the restaurant's called El Puente. And it opened up sometime in the last 10 years in Cape and Bridge. And there's one in Romney now. Um, if you ever visit Hampshire County, go, go check out El Puente. But they have on their menu, it is called... Here it is. Okay, that's fajitas. I'm lying to y'all. All right, it's called... I'm gonna say it the American way. I'm gonna sound mad racist, as uh, Marcus called. Yo, Marcus called me racist. <laughs> he's like, you sound mad racist for the way you're trying to say uh, Giannis's name, and you couldn't say his last name. I, I For anybody who may have possibly thought I was trying to be racist, I, I know I no one probably thought that, but Mark, Marcus, Marcus is a stickler for the details. So if he hears something and it comes off a certain way, he's gonna tell you about it. So he's like, yo. Yo, big dog. And I was like, woo. You sound mad racist. <laughs> anyway, I'm going to say it my best broken Spanish I can. Pollo a la cazuela. Caz, caz, cazuela. And it all it is strips of chicken breasts cooked with mushrooms and creamy Spanish salsa. Cooked with, or served with beans, rice, and tortillas. It's amazing. And Morgantown has. There's two. Los Mariachis now soon to be a third there's the Mexican restaurant I mentioned over by the Walmart and then there's Rio Grande which I don't think is called Rio Grande anymore in Saberton and again I've broken down how Morgantown's broken into sections nobody messed with the Mark Rob. I know I know uh shout out to uh, Melisette she's watching the stream watching the show oh before we get back into that um most of the episodes I want to say all are now live on my Twitch account. So that's twitch.tv slash b- and the YouTube channel will be getting the uploads as well. I was working on that while I was at dad's house. Video editing sucks. <laughs> it took three and a half hours to render an hour and a half episode. Uh, of an, So I have the episodes that have been recorded. There's a couple er, episodes, like there's the um episode where Marcus and George interviewed Ah, uh, the gentleman who wrote the Warriors book. His oh, Ethan, Ethan Strauss. He came on, and I missed that episode. Only hyphen uh, hyphenation episode I ever missed. But it is what it is. Um, but yeah, that's going up. And then I have already up. I have the whole WrestleMania uh, review that had a whole bunch of people, the most guests hyphenation history. That's already up on the channel. Just search hyphen universe on YouTube. And you'll be able to find it. Subscribe, like the one video. There's more going up. But going forward, all the video con- all the episodes will have video content. Hopefully, uh, so that means guests. I'm gonna do the OBS thing, get them in here, stream it to Twitch, and then y'all, y'all can watch it at your leisure. How about that? How's that sound? Somebody is mowing their grass, bro, bro. Don't you know? I'm trying to record the Barack Obama-approved world's greatest podcast. <sighs> anyway so i stopped in Cambridge on my way in got my delicious meal because i can't find anywhere in morgantown four Mexican restaurants none of them serve it i don't want to i guess i get special order but like hey can you make me polo polo a la cause Quiz, cause um i'm gonna ask my friend jenna but like how do you say this so i don't sound like a nerd but i'll still mess it up it is what it is so <laughs> and then also we ate a lot i ate a lot of good food so on friday um, we went over to Greg's restaurant, uh, which used to be a McDonald's in Caton Bridge. bridge. Uh, McDonald's didn't last too long and it was closed for a while. And then this gentleman named Greg brought the restaurant and he just makes home cooked food, all kinds of food. There's burgers, there's sandwiches, breakfast all day. There's fish on Fridays. Uh, they're getting chicken livers in November. I'm excited. Cause I'm gonna go see dad for the fifth anniversary. that I'm going to talk about here shortly. And I'm excited to get that. And then, of course Cape Valley Market, where I used to roam two summers um, in my first two years of college. I come home and I worked at Cape Valley Market, my first job. Uh, I stopped there and got Aaliyah and Angel a sub from there, and it was they they loved it as usual, and their subs are big, big, big. So we did that. Watch more baseball. Watch some of the Game Two of the NBA Finals. Lakers up three one after last night's results. So shout out to them. One game away, uh, I, I, the, heat, the Heat have been making a game, uh, making a series of it, man, even with their injury, Shout out to Jimmy Butler for that incredible game he had not too long ago. But all in all, a good visit with Dad. Uh, hit it back Sunday, made it home, and been back ever since. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it is what it is. This, this Such is life right now. So happy 70th birthday to my dad. And uh, many, many more to you. Dad's just playing it day by day. But it, it, it was a nice visit. We had a, all had
1: a good time. Live from an undisclosed location in a basement in New York City, it's me, Crane, ruler, well, mayor of Dimension X and the producer of the hottest new pod, in that dimension or this one, The Shredhead Pod, starring the Blasian Baddie, aka Google Chrome Dome, aka Edo Nobu Huggin, aka my best friend, Oroku Saki, aka The Shredder. And we put aside our differences with the Ninja Turtles to be your weekly source of hot takes. Sports and entertainment news. Stay all the way and hear who Saki has named as his Cretan of the week. And find something valuable in the Shred Commendations. So we'll see you on Apple, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever your pods are casts. The Shredhead Pod is a member of the Hyphen Podcast Group.
0: Next topic. So some of y'all may know the name Robin Williams, just maybe. I hope so anyway. So Robin Williams passed in 2014. And what what had happened was I, I have plenty of these, I have all these apps because I have a library card. And folks, let me tell you right now, let me tell you right now that if you Um, man, I lost my train of thought. Oh, oh, back. Yeah, I'm sorry. Sorry. I'm back with it. (laughs) Folks, if you like reading books, you really should get yourself a library card. And I say that because I know you think, oh, you got a library card and everything. And, and it's like, oh, I got a library card and I got to go rent books and everything. Um, so, libraries are a huge asset okay not only are they great for kids who can find out more from a library than they can internet sometimes but they're full of these wonderful things called books and if you like books like me you can read all kinds of books my problem is i'm have so much going on (laughs) Excuse me. I have so much going on that I don't take the time to read books like I should, okay? And, and that's all right. Uh, life happens, podcasts happen, uh, trying to make some music for the first time since uh, 2013 happens. Uh, so if you love books, get down to your local library. I know there's COVID and everything, but wear a mask, go in there, get yourself a book, you get it for X amount of time and you can even renew it. But here's a cooler thing about books. And my friend Heather put me onto this. Here's the even cooler thing about books. You can digitally rent books. So you know that Kindle app or that um, whatever app you use that's just sitting on your phone and you're like, I'm going to download it. To get this, and then I can buy uh, e-books from Amazon and here and there. And then I can actually um, read these books in, in my spare time and have them available whenever I want, when I pull it up on my phone. You can do that, and it's completely free. So I was looking through one of my apps for digital downloads for eBooks, because that's how I read The Death and Return of Superman, finally, which I mentioned a couple episodes ago. And I was like, let me look through the regular books and see what I can find. So I typed in this book that I knew that I had always been wanting to read called Robin. And, of course, the book is about the life of Robin Williams. Now, I'm turning on this video only because... A gentleman you may have heard of called Will Smith just won an award. Just won an award for. um. Hold on. He just won this award. That Robin that's in Robin Williams honor. And that's Zach Williams. Hold on. We got to do the thing podcasting one oh one. on Let's do Robin Williams award Will Smith. Come on. Come on. Uh, do, 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 do. Will Smith's family received an award. Um, okay, here it is. I found it. Sorry. So gentlemen gentleman you may have heard of called Will Smith. He and his family, including his wife, Jada Pinkin Smith, you may have heard of her, and his daughter, Willow Smith, and his son from his first marriage, Trey Smith, and his other kid, Jaden Smith, you might have heard of him. They won this award, and it's called the Robin Williams Legacy of Laughter Award. And what it is, um, this award, in partnership with nonprofit organization Brain Change the Mind, is given to noteworthy individuals in the entertainment world who exemplify service and embody the best sparks of the late actor. Billy Crystal's first received award in 2017. Billy Crystal and Robin Williams were like best friends. And for those of you who remember uh, Comic Relief, it was Whoopi. Uh, Whoopi Goldberg, uh, Billy Crystal, and Robin Williams, who started that, he won in 2017. They were, they were best friends up until Robin passed in 2014. And then Whoopi Goldberg won it in 2018. Ben Stiller won it in 2019. And so this year, because of how the Smith families carried themselves, especially with Will's move into social media and getting to an Instagram and being on TikTok and doing YouTube videos and then involving the whole family and even with their work through the Red Table – uh, like Jada's worked through the red table and this, just with the way they let uh, the audience into their lives to uh, kind of see what they're doing and show that they are a regular family as regular as can be for being as famous as they are while still going through their tribes and tribulations, but then always trying to make everything as lighthearted as possible. Uh, they, they were awarded this award, which is timely because I saw this book Robin and I was like, man, uh, I I'm going to go ahead and try to rent this because I I, always, I saw it a few times in the library and the book is it's a book it's like it was like 500 e pages so I don't know how many pages the actual book is but I finally decided you know I got the time I really want to read a book I'm going to pick up this Robin Williams book so I, I started flipping through it and the book is by Dave Itzkoff I believe is how it's said um and what it is it's a biography obviously because there's many quotes from Robin. And some of them were actually given to Dave because turns out Dave had interviewed Robin a few times later in, in Rob's life in Robin's life. And so a lot of these quotes came from him, especially the early quotes. But it, it takes you essentially from his birth, getting to know Robin's parents, Robin's multiple moves um, in his life. He was in Chicago at one point. They moved to San Francisco. Um, he might have been in New York. Don't quote me. Uh, you can you can read the book. First recommendation, Dave Itzkoff. It's just called Robin. It's a wonderful look at the life of Robin Williams. But it takes you through the whole thing of learning about how Robin got into acting and the fact Robin went to Juilliard, something I wasn't aware of. He didn't finish Juilliard, but he left and eventually he got he was big on improv. And then he moved into the world stand up at of stand up comedy. And then from there, he got his chance to be on Happy Days, in case you remember that. Uh, he had an episode where he played his character named Mork, and then Mork got his own spinoff, one of the many Happy Days spinoffs, called Mork and Mindy, and that ran for a few years. And then Robin made Papa, which, you know what? I love Papa. If, you, if you've never watched Papa, it is a mess. Mork for Mork. It is a mess. <laughs> it's a mess of a movie. And for those of you who don't know, papa the sailor man just like those cars i'm papa the sailor man i live in a garbage can i like to go swimming with bow-legged women i'm papa the sailor man um mork is Bay, yes mork was Bay, but May papa i like papa a lot but it's a it's a mess it was made in 1980 so robin bounced from these films that weren't doing anything for him for years and years and Uh, after Morgan Mendy ended, and of course, he had gotten married to this woman named Valerie, I believe her name was, and I actually have it here, so why don't I just look at it real quick to see who he was married to. He was married to Valerie Velarde from 1978 to 1988. He's married to Marcia Garces from 1989 to 2010, and then he was married to Susan Schneider when he passed in 2014. He married her in 2011. But he dated this woman named Valerie, and here's the thing about Robin. Everybody loved Robin Williams. Uh, even before he was fa- like big, big, big. Okay, he he would always be doing, seem to be doing a bit. He always had jokes. He'd be doing funny voices. Some of them may have be offensive <laughs> to uh, in today's world, but Robin was always trying to make people laugh. And the strange thing about this is you you know Robin for a stand up comedy and his dirty mind uh, and some of the things he used to get away with, and then moving to the movies roles. But Robin battled with a lot of demons. And some of the first demons he had is coming up, of course, in the 70s. He would like to drink and he would like to do drugs, mostly cocaine. A little bit of the marijuana. But who doesn't like a little bit of the marijuana every now and then? (sighs) But Robin had his vices. And even though he was with Valerie, Robin would stay out all night after he did his stand-ups and partying and doing coke and sleeping with various women and come home. And Valerie was like, that's just what Robin needs to be creative. This is his first wife. And for years and years, a lot of this stayed out of the press, because there was people protecting him, of course, especially the Morgan Mendy years, his castmates loved him, the studios loved him, he had a great, had great representation as far as his acting career went, and his standup career went as that, as that started to um, become the direction he wanted to go, so Robin was able to kind of keep everything under wraps, and when I say demons, it wasn't just the vices, Robin was very lonely, He had two half-brothers, but most of the time he was on his own. And one of the things Robin was fixated on was toy soldiers. So his whole life, he collected these toy soldiers. And when he was younger, as his, his dad used to be in the automobile business, so they never really, there was never an issue with money. So as they moved to bigger spaces and Robin was in different rooms and things like that, some of his places he would play at would just become these, these battlefield scenes where his imagination would just run wild, and I was able to relate to that because as a kid, I, I was also uh, I have I have a half brother, um, and someone that I don't want to talk about, <laughs> but I I was I was young. It was always just me, you know. I, I have kids to play with and my cousins and things like that. But most of the time I was on my own. So I'd have these elaborate fights with my, my Rambo figures and my Chuck Norris figures. And then eventually I became Ninja Turtles and Transformers. And there would always be some kind of story, some kind of dialogue happening in, in my brain. So something that I've, I've I've taken from that experience is the creativity. And I don't know how different it is for creatives who grew up in a household with b- siblings. But when you're on your own, sometimes it is lonely, you know? like even, um, Sometimes you would like to have that extra person, and sometimes you don't want to be bothered with that extra person. Sometimes all you need is you. So I immediately related to Robin on that for a fact. But Robin loved his mother very much, Thought his dad was too hard on him because he told his dad he wanted to be a, a stand up comedian. His dad just said, You all, you better learn a trade like welding or something. Which is a very dad thing to, to say, you know? Um, while, while if Aaliyah came to me X amount of years or now, so I want to be a stand up comedian, I'd be like, Go for it. You know? At the same time, you worry for your children. So you want your kids to, you want the best for your children. And I can understand where his dad was coming from, but he always kind of saw, he loved his father, but he always kind of saw his dad as this hard-edged guy who told it like it was, while his mom was like the dreamer encouraged him to follow his dreams. So I immediately related related to Robin about that. And Robin's existence his whole life was wanting acceptance he got it from his mother he never felt like he got it from his father before his father passed and he definitely wanted it from his peers from the people who would watch his material so when robin's first child zach was born he stopped drinking And dedicated his life to Zach. Stopped doing drugs. So no more drinking, no more drugs. And everything was about Zach and Valerie. And for a while, that was enough. And Robin continued to make some films in the early 80s, mid-80s, that critics would pan. He he would do a funny thing and he would take on a more serious role. And so even in the serious roles, people were like, oh, Robin Williams is trying too hard and a funny role is like I can't stand Robin Williams Roger Ebert who is one of Marcus's favorite uh writers and I'm a fan of Roger Ebert as well trashed a lot of Robin stuff and there was an awkward meeting one time when uh I can't remember if it was Valerie or if it was his uh second wife I think it was Marcia actually who uh was at the dinner with uh, Roger Ebert when Robin kind of had to hold his tongue when knowing that Roger Ebert had written all this, all these bad negative reviews about him. but Robin just wanted acceptance. So even after he took this chance on Good Morning Vietnam, a movie that he wasn't even sure about, and Viet, McBelum, <laughs> Good Morning Vietnam blew up, of course. It was, it was wonderful. Everybody loved Good Morning Vietnam. That was his first big hit. Even after that moment, Robin was still striving for acceptance. that That was what he was looking for. And it was something he would chase going forward in his life. So even after "Good Morning Vietnam," you move into movies like "Dead Poet Society," "Dead Poet Society." Why do I say it like that? Let me let me just, this is just some, shout out to Wikipedia, this is just some of the films that he did in in, in this time, before we get into the big ones. So, Popeye was 1980, The World According to Garp, 1982, Moscow on the, um, on the Hudson, 1984, Good Morning Vietnam was when he first blew up, Did Poet Society was in 1989, Awakenings was in 1990, The Fisher King was in 1991. And I believe he was nominated for... I know he was nominated for um, an Academy Award when it came to Dead Poets Society. Let's see. Um, Corner Academy, Best Supporting... Well, he... Oh, this isn't helpful at all. So he had four Academy Award nominations. He had one for... Oh, he got nominated for Good Morning Vietnam, one for Dead Poets Society, and then one for The Fisher King. So... This guy who struggled all this all these years to put together an acting career while his stand up was red hot don't he this man won Grammys uh he has this is golden globes he has like 3 or 4 Grammys I think which is insane for his comedy albums here we go uh he won for his 1980 album Reality what a concept he won for A Night at the Met 1988 and then he also won, he won a Grammy for Good Morning Vietnam. What? <laughs> There's, he did, he won a Best Children's Album for P- Pico's Bill. He won Best Spoken Word Album, or he was nominated for Best Spoken Word Album for Children for Jumanji in 1997. What? And then he won another one for Robin Williams Live in 2002 for Best Spoken Word Comedy. And then he was up for Best Comedy Album for Weapons of Self-Destruction in 2011. So the man's got Grammys. But what what I was saying, though, is even as he was winning all these awards and, or not winning all these awards, getting nominated for all these awards, and his first marriage Uh, He was in his second marriage because his first marriage had its issues. He had an affair with this lady who ended up going going to court and it took years for him to settle that. And that was a whole mess. You can read about it in the book. He met his second wife when she became his assistant while he was married to Valerie. And she and she was Marshall was with him all the time. And ultimately him and Valerie really weren't seeing eye to eye. He was starting to develop feelings for Marsha. They ended their marriage in 1988. And then him and Marsha got married in 1989. And Marsha was probably the most wonderful thing that happened to him. Because Marsha made sure that he was protected. You know? She got she was heavily involved in business. One of the producers on several of his films, including Mrs. Doubtfire, which is essentially... I think if I remember correctly she she found the script she helped rework the script and got it to where he, where she thought it would be good for him and then he came in and then she was producer and the whole thing and she was just instrumental in his career throughout the 90s like when for us kids that were born in the 80s or early 90s mostly the in the 80s most kids that were born in the 80s you saw some work in Mindy but when you saw Robin when you saw Robin Williams you knew him for Mrs. Doubtfire. You knew him for Hook. Uh, as you got older, you found out about the birdcage. Dead Poets Society, if uh, you watched that when you were younger. some There's the kids' movies like Flubber, which I never watched. But there was something for everyone from Robin Williams. And the thing Robin wanted the most, though, is, again, he wanted acceptance. He wanted his work to be loved by people. He wanted to be loved by people. So Robin would go out there and when it was showtime, he would lay it all on the line to make people laugh. He would give every piece of himself except the small part. And when I say a small part, the small part would be the fact that Robin was battling mental illness pretty much his entire life. And I'm going to read the autopsy here in a second. But, while he was a workaholic, while he sometimes said yes to things he shouldn't have, while he spread himself thin sometimes, Marsha would always try to take care of him. And then Marsha had two more of his kids, Zelda and Cody, off the top, even though I saw Zelda a little bit ago. And... Eventually, Robin decided he was going to pick up drinking again because he was on in a he had a he was on a movie shoot, he's by himself. It was in his remote location where there was nothing to do. So, as he described it in the book, in interviews with him, he said, "Well, you know, I I just thought I could have a little bit, and uh, a little bit turned into a lot, and then a few weeks later." Like, I'm clinking down the street with empty bottles. And he just fell right back into drinking so heavily. And the drinking got so bad, it eventually ended his marriage with Marcia. Even though I believe he did get clean before they got divorced, it ultimately just severed all the trust that they had. And it was it was a major turning point in Robin's life. So... On top of that, it didn't help that Robin's movies around that time, especially when he took on the more serious roles, such as, uh, let's see, uh, One Hour Photo. World's Greatest Dad wasn't that serious, but he was doing those, uh, those movies that people would see him in and be like, why is Robin Williams doing this? I don't understand. And Robin just always seemed to, he wanted to be able to do both sides of the fence. You know, he wanted to be the comedy guy. But he also wanted to show different sides of people because those characters intrigued him because the creative part of his mind, as funny as he could be, he also knew there was real people out there suffering through these real things that he wanted to talk about and be a part of. So, Robin uh, actually ended up here in 2011 or so. Let's see, he ended up going to okay this is his career where is it where he personal life he ended up having to have this surgery it, and it was a it was a major major surgery and of course when I'm trying to use my phone I can't find it okay later health complications in 2009 my phone is not working with me In 2009, he was hospitalized due to heart problems, postponed his one man tour, which was uh, the Weapons of Self Destruction. That's when he, was, he went out and was being cathartic about it and talking about him relapsing into drinking. And, you know, really, because in his earlier stuff, Robin would never allude to some of the things he's talking about as being his problems. But Weapons of Self Destruction was a big thing because it was the first time he really went out and laid it all on the stage like, I fucked up. This is on me. So he was doing this one-man show and touring the country, marched it on and was hospitalized due to heart problems. Um, he had to postpone his one-man tour for surgery, replace his aortic valve, repair his metrial valve, and correct his irregular heartbeat, which was something that him and uh, David Letterman had in common because David Letterman had that huge bypass surgery in the late 90s. That came out of nowhere. So the, those two bonded even more over the fact they both had heart problems compared to uh, the comedy but in in those moments when all that happened it kind of reawakened Robin because of course he had just gotten back from rehab he had just <sighs> went out on this tour he had just divorced his wife he's trying to get it back on his feet but it gave him a new lease on life uh, is what it was and he, he started appreciating things more you know and this period for about Two years or so, you know, after the surgery, Robin was really uh, seen to be in a good place. And I say seen because I mentioned that one thing that Robin never really gave to the audience. And before I get into that, I keep uh, delaying it, but we ne- we need to get into his autopsy. So Robin committed suicide on august 11 2014 he hung himself by his own belt uh his wife at the time whatever her name was and nothing against the third wife but the there's i was reading some of the reviews of the book and they said they didn't do it paint his third wife in a good light some of the things susan some of the things susan did after his death didn't really do much for him like it didn't really put her in a good light Like there was this whole thing over his estate with the kids and her going on shows and talking about him after his death and everything else, which none of that seemed necessary at certain points. Uh, In fact, I could probably Google Susan, whatever her name is, and see uh, some of the things that she's done and probably see something recent where she went and talked about uh, robin and his issues and everything like that but i, I want to read you all autopsy report because autopsy report was the most shocking thing in the book the final autopsy report released in november 2014 concluded they had died of asphyxia due to hanging neither alcohol nor illegal drugs were involved which meant he stayed, was still clean after his rehab which is which is awesome and prescription drugs present in the body were at therapeutic levels the report also noted that William's been suffering from depression and anxiety. And if you read the book, the, the final chapters leading up to his death, I couldn't look away from the book. It was harrowing to see the things he's going through. Like he had watches, I believe. And for some reason he went to Susan's like, someone's going to steal my watches. And she's like, oh, you're being silly. He's like, well, someone's going to steal my watches. Someone's going to steal my watches. He took the watches to his neighbor's house who um, looked in on him from time to time because he was having issues and because he was so paranoid. And by this point, everybody said, Robin's off. Robin's not acting like himself. He would like drift off and not be aware of what was really going on. And then he would kind of snap back. But then there's other times he just stared at nothing. Everybody's like, what's wrong, Robin? And he's like, nothing. And even his interactions with Zach and Zach's wife were weird. He had done that show, The Crazy Ones, on CBS. And Sarah Michelle Gellar was on there. Shout out to Sarah Michelle Gellar, man. Shout out to Sarah Michelle Gellar. And the show only lasted one season. But during this period, Robin realized he needed money. Because he he now had two alimony payments. Because he's still paying Valerie, I believe. Even though Valerie remarried. He's still paying Marsha. He had started paying Marsha. And he needed the money. Not to say he wasn't rich. But he wasn't liquid enough to deal with two alimony payments on top of his regular life being married to Susan. So he did this show. He's by himself, lonely, doing a show he didn't really like, trying to make these payments, and things just started going downhill. So he's suffering from depression and anxiety, something I believe he suffered from his entire life, and that's where the mental illness comes in. An examination of his brain tissue suggests Williams suffered from a diffuse Lewy body dementia. Describing the disease as a terrace inside my husband's brain, his, Susan, his widow, Susan Schneider Williams, said that however you look at it, the president of Louis bodies took his life, referring to the previous diagnosis, Parkinson's. And yes, he had been misdiagnosed with Parkinson's eh, six to eight months before all this happened. So one of the reasons a lot of people thought he had taken his life, was they were like, oh man, he finally had Parkinson's and knew he was going to lose control. And Billy Crystal, one of his best friends again, was good friends with Muhammad Ali. And so they were asking, they're asking Billy, like, oh well, you know, um, he was asking Billy all the time, like, what, how was Muhammad when did he stopped, when did he lose motor functions, when was he able to stop, when couldn't he talk anymore, because he was always in fear of not being in control. Because the one thing Robin's had over everybody, he was the quickest motherfucker in the room, okay? And it was one of the things that made him historic and legendary. In improv, in comedy, in his film work, in life, Robin could walk into a situation, going to have dinner with some friends, be an entirely different character the whole time. They all leave for the night and they're like oh let's meet up again for tomorrow night and we'll, we'll have dinner. Come back and do a completely new character on the spot. Now whether Robin was thinking about doing this bit all day that's a whole different thing. But the fact he was so creative where he could create these characters and these worlds in his mind that these characters lived in it was a special gift. And again I can relate to that cuz I feel like I I also kind of live in that realm. Where there's always something going on in here, you know? I may be at work. I may be at home. I may be playing with Aaliyah. But there's always something turning in here. And there's so many things that I can't remember them all. And it burns me up. Because I actually thought there was something in my mind. I was like, I'm going to do this in October for Hyphenation. It'll be great. And and I couldn't remember it at all. Like, hours later. Because there had been so much other stuff going through my brain so the fact he was so fast and quick on his feet and the idea that this disease would take away his gifts something he's had his entire life was one of the reasons that people thought he he committed suicide but turns out he was misdiagnosed as Parkinson's because uh, diffuse Lewy body body dementia has symptoms of Parkinson's but it's not actually Parkinson's so Susan revealed that in the year before his death, Williams had experienced a sudden and prolonged spike in fear and anxiety, depression, depression and insomnia, which worsened in severity to include memory loss, paranoia and delusions. Like there was people that would go up to Robin and he known him his whole life. Like he would like, oh, how like, like there was a friend of his and his wife and the wife noted that Every time they saw each other, their their whole lives, Robin would see her and give her a big hug. And how are you doing? Very affectionate and loving. And just, I know you, you know me. I love you. I'm so glad to see you. She said that she saw Robin in this period. Robin couldn't remember who she was at all. So that just goes to show you. And, of course, paranoia and delusions. Medical experts struggled to determine the cause and eventually diagnosed them with Parkinson's disease. The Lewy Body Dementia Association clarified the distinction between the term used in the autopsy report, diffuse Lewy body dementia, which is more commonly referred to diffuse Lewy body disease, or refers to the underlying disease process and the umbrella term Lewy body dementia, which encompasses both parkinson's disease dementia so some parkinson's and dementia with lewy bodies according to the lbda spokesperson dennis dixon the report confirms he experienced depression anxiety and paranoia which may occur either which may occur in either parkinson's disease or dementia with lewy bodies in early in early pd uh the uh, parkinson's disease lewy bodies are generally limited to distribution but in dlb the lewy bodies are spread widely throughout the brain and with this case the and as was the case of robin williams so the scary part about that was if i recall correctly the brain the brain makes makes something that essentially the brain is working against your body I, I wish i could i could find it because essentially the brain starts attacking your or not the brain um Okay, signs and symptoms. I, I need to see if I can find it. Lewy body dementia is a type of progressive dementia. According to Norma Loeb, the former the founder of the Lewy body dementia resource center, it is the second most common form of progressive dementia behind Alzheimer's. Excess deposits of the protein alpha synclin, synclunine, syncl- synclunine, known as Lewy bodies, clump up inside neurons causing damage to certain parts of the brain and as a result a decline in the cognition and movement. So these Lewy bodies were literally clumping up in the neurons of Robin's brain and causing him to slowly lose his mind. Thusly, the night he died, he went in the bedroom and he wasn't, he was sleeping in a separate bedroom with Susan. He went in the bedroom, got his iPad Susan thought he was going to do some reading, which she thought was good because he hadn't been watching any TV or doing any reading for months. He went to his room and never came back out. Susan went about her business next morning thinking he was sleeping in finally because he was suffering from insomnia. Some, those same friends I think he, who gave, he had given the watches to were there. They put a note under Robin's door. He didn't respond. Eventually they went in was, uh, and told Susan they were going in and they found him hanging by the belt. Robin Williams' brain, the very thing that made him so great, started attacking him and slowly caused him to lose his mind and killed him. Which which is just insane to think about. So his whole life was suffering from anxiety and depression on top of dealing with being a movie star, a famous actor, um a great stand-up comedian, being in the public eye and wanting to be loved and dealing with things that he he did he did go to therapy for many years, but dealing with things that he should have been dealing with all the whole time, well, not to say he wasn't dealing with them, but you know, just something that he was suffering from his whole life to have that exacerbated to that level and then slowly be losing your mind to the point where you take your own life it's it's insane and Melisset says anything relating to brain illness is intense coupled with mental illness is like a bomb waiting to explode so sad I, exactly i say all that to say that there's your episode anything relating to bil- brain illness or is intense coupled with mental illness is like a bomb waiting to explode so sad When I found out the news Robin passed, it was super saddening. And I didn't understand why. And I never really looked into it too much until I read this book, obviously. And it's extremely difficult to be that talented and yet want to be so loved and then have all of this come crashing down on you. So when I finally get to this point, we finally get to the point... About Robin saving a little bit for himself. Many people quoted in the book mentioned there would be times they would see Robin, and Robin would just be sitting in a semi self reflection. And there'd be times that they would get to the honest Robin, the act to the Rob the real Robin Williams. Christopher Reeve was best friends with Robin Williams. He saw the real Robin, Billy Crystal. I'm sure Marcia saw it, I'm sure Valerie saw it, I'm sure Susan saw it, and his kids saw it. But there was always one piece of Robin A kept to himself, and, and that piece is unknown. As much as we give to our jobs, to our families, to our lives every day, the part of the book that struck me the most is when the author Davidskoff went to interview Robin, I believe maybe it was on the the, um, Weapons of Self-Destruction tour, he he was told that there was a 45 to 30 minute period before show where he could not see Robin. No one bothered Robin. And Robin was just in his dressing room. And that same time frame I believe was the same thing that Robin used to do as a kid with his toy soldiers and he collected them up until the day he died he had all kinds of collect toys and everything like that and it wasn't that he was a collector he, he, he never let the child in him go and the big thing I took away from that little section it's a small brief passage at the end of the book that Robin Williams could not be bothered during this time It was his time. And what I believe Robin did in that time, he let his guard down. He didn't have to be on. And he just let himself go in his imagination. So why did I spend all this time talking about Robin Williams and his death and take that dramatic pause to look up exactly how his brain uh, started attacking him because he got these deposits in his neurons because mental health is something we all need to address every single day and I debated coming on here because I didn't want to do a book review and I didn't want to um, just be like oh I love Robin Williams as a genie in Aladdin I did I love Jumanji I did all of that is is vital I wanted to come on here because you just never know who is suffering through mental illness. You just don't. And you don't know how anyone's mental health is. It's something we all have to keep in mind, even in these crazy times, even in this election cycle. You never know what the next man or woman is going through. I always try to say it at the end of every episode. But what Robin did in that time frame and what he did as a child and what he probably did anytime he was able to fully let his guard down and not be dad, not be husband, not be Robin Williams, he got to just be Robin. So I encourage you, anybody who's listening to the sound of my voice and listen to me talk about Robin Williams for all this time, I encourage you to please go out and just seek your 30 to 45 minutes every day, whether that's through meditation, whether that's through reading, whether that's through in a healthy way. Although having a glass of wine doesn't hurt anything, but if you're taking 30 minutes, drink one glass of wine, I suggest maybe you speed up, but maybe you're doing something else, so that's okay. Find your piece of you that is solely yours. That you don't have to share with anyone. That you don't have to give to anyone. That you don't have to. Be on someone else's time clock. Robin did that. And I believe also that when Robin lost that ability. When the disease started kicking in. He started getting paranoid. And, and depressed. And anxious all the time. And couldn't sleep anymore. He lost that part of them. And that also may have been one of the factors and one of the reasons he decided to kill himself that night he might have been having an episode where he's like do not know who the hell he is and or maybe robin just realized in that moment i will never be myself again i'll never have that 30 to 45 minutes i will never be who i am again and maybe it was a cognitive decision But just know that every night before Robin Williams went on stage on his on that tour. He took some time for himself. So I, I told you all this to encourage you not to, to encourage you to take time for yourself. While also talking about Robin Williams, one of my favorite actors, someone who brought joy and laughter. into a lot of people's lives. And like I said, I was debating on this because I didn't want to do a book report. I didn't just want to talk about Robin Williams' career, which I kind of did. I I wanted to talk about what happened to him. But I also just wanted to, to share what he was going through and then what we can take away from it. And I was debating on doing this, but when that Will Smith video came up and he had won that Robin Williams Legacy Award, and he said, Robin brought a lot of joy to people's lives through laughter. And he, Will was even saying that when you laugh and you're laughing and you have that connection with someone, when you're connected with someone and we're laughing, having a good time and it's just a belly laugh, Will said there's no control, you know? You just, you just lose it. It's It's a real moment where you just, you're laughing and you're sharing this thing together and that moment is something that Robin wanted to repeat over and over and over again throughout his life. And something Will Smith's done. And it's something that I try to do in my own life and something that I encourage you to do in your own. Not everybody's Robin Williams funny or Will Smith funny or me funny. (laughs) But I I just really hope that y'all are enjoying the little things, man. Because you just never really know when it's all done. You never know when it's all said and done, and those moments, as ver as little as they can be, they go an enormous way. and I do mean an enormous way in making someone else, someone's life better. An incredible way.
1: It's your girl, Holly Quinn, a.k.a. Dr. Harleen Quinzel, here to tell you all about it's like a podcast or whatever. We talk about nerd stuff and life stuff, and if you want to know what we're about, check out the Powey Awards, our 100th episode, Q and Slay, or Theatre from our Bugs. Ah! Have a good day, puddins, and love, trust, and belief.
0: This episode's definitely strange because while i feel like like i I didn't know what this is going to be like i'm going through something right now myself because angel looked at me last night and she was like you're in a mood why because i yelled at the dogs (laughs) and i made like i made some comment about more it's like oh marley's scared do something I'm like why because so I told her no she wanted me to like pick up Marley and cuddle Marley and tell Marley it's gonna be okay and I'm like why and then we we're in the bedroom reading books to Leah and Evie was running around and wouldn't lay down I was looking at Leah in the face so I picked up Evie and I took her out of the living room and I dropped her in the couch and then I went back to the bedroom and closed the door she's like what you do with Evie so I left her on the couch that's not fair why isn't it <laughs> you're in a mood not in a mood. Well, I mean, it, it kind of turns out I am, because I looked at that calendar, realized that the five-year anniversary of my uh, of Barbara Pass and my birth mother's coming up on the ninth, and as well as I did with Mother's Day and with birthdays this year like, oh, I'm I'm getting better at this, you know, because it never goes away, folks. Losing someone never goes away. But you think you're getting past your triggers. Well, you know, sometimes those triggers are still around. And this is my first big one. I mean, the one year was big. They were they're all big at first, but I really thought I kind of had a handle on it. But then I just know... The Back of my head. And because 2020 is such a bitch. <sighs> the 9th falls on a Friday. And November 7th falls on a Saturday. And in 2015, the 9th fell on a Friday. And November 7th falls on a Saturday. So just like five years ago, I get to repeat everything other than the fact of actually the process of losing them both again. The other one being my stepmother who died a month later. So. I told you all that about Robin to because I love Robin Williams. I think he's great. I hate the way Robin had to go out. I love the fact that Robin took time for himself, even though it was just the focus before a show, even if he just went over his, What he's going to do out there. Paced a little bit. Had some water. Took a a Apollo uh, Adonis Creed. Big old poop before the big event. Shout out to Creed, man. He found the time to be Robin and not anybody else. And that was solely his time. Find the time to do that for yourself. Find the time to step back. And evaluate what you're going through in your own life. Assess the problem and know going forward that that's the problem. Which sucks. Um, I mean, it, it does suck because when you think you're fine and then someone tells you you're not fine and you have to figure out why you're not fine. Sometimes that soul searching. You don't come up with anything. Thankfully for me, I figured out what it was. So that's what I'm dealing with on this side. That's why I'm just okay. I appreciate y'all listening to me ramble about Robin Williams all this time. Shout out to a great man. Go watch some of his films. Go see some of the work that uh, Zach and Cody and Zelda have been doing in his name. I realized that something that I do want to do, because I do, I do terrible causes here and there, like planning on November 7th, <laughs> yeah, that same day to do the game do Extra Life, raise money for um Children's Miracle Network, and I'll be playing for WVU hospitals and things like that. So there'll be more about that on the pod, and so I hope that if y'all got something to donate, y'all do it. My my mark is only $100, so hopefully we can beat that. I realize that something that really means something to me, something that really means something to me, I realize the cause that means a lot to me is mental health advocacy. Advocacy. And I really want to make sure that in my time going forward that I find something to contribute to those causes cause I always bitch and moan. I have a lyric out there about how girls tell me their problems, even when they weren't banging me, not proud of it. <laughs> it was a dope wine the way it came off, but I mean, you know, but I, I've mentioned this before. One of the things I said in one of the very first episodes, of hyphenation, I was like, people always want to talk to me, man. And I don't know why. <laughs> I don't know why. but I really need to use that gift and try to help people in any way I can and I really want to go forward and find some ways that I can help out in any way I can when it comes to mental health because I know how important mine is. I know how fragile mine is and I can't imagine what some other people are dealing with. Yeah. (sighs) Yeah. Glad to get that off my chest. Hyphenation is brought to you by Hyphen Podcast Group, Morgantown, West Virginia based podcast collective bringing great podcasts to the people. Hyphen And also by Mark Robb, written by my semi regular co host, Marcus Show, Mad Love Robinson. You can find his writing at the Again, that's the M A R C R O Power positivity is real Get that negativity out of your life No matter what it may be No matter what you have to do You got to do you Yeah For real Always keep that in mind Give people their flowers while they're still here Make sure you tell people what they mean to you Whenever you get the chance Because you never know when it's their time to go Hug your mom Punch your dad um, Kiss your sister uh, shake your brother's hand uh, send a dm to your cousin uh, write a letter to your grandma uh, call your grandfather send a telegram to your your aunt uh, hug your kids tell them what they mean to you tell them how proud you are of them hug your spouse whatever you got to do make sure you let people know how much they mean to you tell a friend to tell a friend about hyphenation man Please do tell them it's the Barack Obama Prove World's Greatest Podcast. It's my very own one-man show, unless my semi-regular co-host Marcus Show and Mad Love, Marcus Show and Mad Love Robinson is here, or I have a guest on, or multiple guests. I try to do my very best Robin Williams impersonation without being without being nearly as funny or as fun to watch. But we're doing what we can over here. And then after you do that, go find your local water cooler, watering hole, and be like. I can't believe he talked about Robin Williams this whole episode. That shit was mad boring. I'll be like, yeah, but that part he said about taking some time for yourself that's just yours, you don't got to give it to anybody else. I really needed that shit. Go talk about the show. Go forward and tell people about the show. Let them know. Whatever podcast platform they want, Hyphenation is there. And to check it out. And if you leave a review on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, I will read it. Whether it's like that Robin Williams episode was trash or you know what? You're a bitch for not being scared of death. of Superman as a kid. That's fine. I don't care. Whatever. I read it. Hopefully you're like, you know what? I didn't know where that Robin Williams story was going, but you managed to make a point. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Thanks a lot, man. Um, have genuine interaction with people. As I said earlier, you don't know what the next man or woman is going through and your kindness could save someone, could save someone's life or someone else's life. Always remember that. Melisset's going to tell y'all how you can get in touch with the show. At be hyphen, be hyphen on Facebook, hyphen B- Universe on Facebook, uh, the be hyphen on Instagram. Or if you want to go through hyphen or hyphen Podcast Group, it's hyphen Pie Group on Twitter, hyphen Podcast pi- Group on Facebook and on Instagram, hyphen Podcast pi- Group at gmail.com. And, be hyphen at gmail.com. Apologies to no one. (laughs) Because I can't remember who I'm supposed to say was here, but I ran out of time. So, they will not get to see their piece. So, let me search the database real quick. Who I would say... um. Was supposed to be on the show. You know it ain't happening. It ain't happening. Sometimes these things don't always work, ladies and gentlemen. <sighs> Sometimes these things don't always work. Um, the bits are what the bits are. But thank you to each and every one of y'all that listened to this episode. Listen to all my episodes. It means so much to me. I gotta tell you, man, Robin won acceptance hit home a lot too because uh, The NBA Finals episode was not hitting the numbers like I thought it would because my numbers have been doing pretty good lately. They're not astronomical by any means, but they're decent for being consistent again. And NBA Finals one did not hit the way I thought it would immediately. It's since caught up, but I was thinking, oh man, this is coming out right before the NBA Finals. People want to listen to this. Apparently y'all did not want to listen to me preview the NBA Finals before the finals started, but the plays kind of caught up but I appreciate each and every one of y'all to listen to me means a lot to me means I'm not just talking into the void appreciate everybody who watched the show today shout out to Melissette, who I'm going to have to make a moderator in the chat she's in here posting links and everything like that the hyphen podcast group shout out to her <sighs> Um, again the show is uh, twitch.tv slash be hyphen words of wisdom for today realize who you are to people I say that because we all make relationships with people every day. We make coworker friendships, regular friendships. Uh we meet new people on dating apps. We um start dating someone, we're talking to someone in different instances. Uh you're you you meet um someone and you think you had a good first impression, you find out later they didn't think much of you. Don't overthink it. That's the words of wisdom, man. You may think that, like I said, you had a good first impression with somebody and, and you came off great to them and find out they think you're arrogant. You may think someone hated you and turns out that they actually did like you. For those of you in a dating scene, which I am not, shout out to Angel. <laughs> you may think that this person you're talking to is really into you. And then they come back and say some, something to you that makes you think different don't overthink it man if they didn't tell you to get out of their life it doesn't mean they don't want you in their life it just means they wanted to tell you something and it made you feel a certain kind of way if y'all need to have a discussion have a discussion if no discussion needs to be had don't have a discussion just know you don't need to overthink everything okay that's what i got words of wisdom for today don't overthink it and please take time for yourself I gotta get out of here and get to work soon. So before I do that, let me do my recommendations because I almost forgot and I know I didn't do them in the last episode. So here's your recommendations. Couple local ones. In February before COVID, me and Angel were in Pittsburgh, uh, for Valentine's Day. And we stopped at a place called Whitewell Bookstore. It's a little small bookshop. We were trying to kill Tom before we went to um we went to this uh date where we um we did some art, and then they, we were supposed to pick up the art. The art's probably still there because COVID happened. We haven't been back to Pittsburgh since, but it's called Whitewell Bookstore. It's a cute little shop. They have um, recommendations from the 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 people that work there of certain books. It's a real nice shop. I, I really thought it was cute. So if you're into books like me and you want to buy a book and not go into a Barnes & Noble or get it from Amazon, you want that little homegrown bookshop experience like Meg Ryan had in uh, You Got Mail. Go to White bookstore in Pittsburgh. And then also, shout out to Carmi Soul Food, man. Cause back in February, me and Angel were looking for food on the way to Pittsburgh. And I was like, you know, I want some Soul Food. So I searched it, found Carmi Soul Food. Oh my goodness. Sweet Christmas, as Luke Cage would say. That food was so good. If you're in the Pittsburgh area, and I think they're open. Carmi Soul Food. Carmi Soul Food. Carmi Soul Food. Come with an appetite because you're going to want more than just the regular. What you you're not going to just want I want this entree. You're going to want some of this, some of this, some of this. It's so good, Carmi soul food. And then also for a more lighthearted affair, um, for those of you who have Netflix, Netflix and um, have children, or if you're just looking for something funny to watch, there's a show called The Investigators. I believe it's Australian. It's about these kids that are in um eh, middle school and it's kind of they're like a team of investigators and it's hilarious hilarious man i the episodes real short and i get a kick out of it whenever leah turns it on and i've been damn near tempted to watch a few times by myself a few times so shout out to the investigators go check that out if you're interested in uh in um in children's television done in a funny way because i was laughing my ass off If you're looking for something funny on netflix and you don't want to think about too much watch the investigators That's my recommendations. Carmi Soul Food, White Whale Bookstore, and Investigators. I say all that to say this. Hey! (laughs) Oh, man. Thanks, y'all.
1: You have been listening to Hyphen Nation. The Barack Obama-approved world's greatest podcast, hosted by Kellen Conley and his semi-regular co-host, Marcus Showin' Mad Love Robinson. Find Kellen at BeHyphen on Twitter, the hyphen B- on the gram, and hyphen universe on Zuckerberg's Monster. Follow Marcus on Twitter and IG at Showin' Mad Love. Leave off the E to track him down. Email the show at BeHyphen at gmail.com. As always, this has been a hyphen podcast group production. I'm Set up the frightful fret, and believe me when I say the best has not come yet.
0: This is a Hyphen Podcast production. Playing on, entertain.